2: CranberryRadio.net presents CEO Coach, a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding the finances, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches will break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup management and development, the founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music, and Ann Kennedy.
3: Welcome to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with Jillian Music, my business partner and also co founder of Moz. Jillian and I together are serial entrepreneurs in Outlines Venture Group. You can find out how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com.
0: Hey, Jillian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. We're going to talk about some good stuff today, Ann. We're going to talk about customer focus. It's a key part of growth and kind of a a critical element in any corporation. So customer focus. Everybody talks about that, right? Everybody's customer focused. If you're not, you don't know what you're selling, right?
3: Yeah, and I think I've been hearing it for, I don't know, 45 years. We're customer focused. The customer comes first, et cetera, et cetera. cetera. But somehow it doesn't seem to work out that way, right?
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it sounds like this. If you please hold on to the line, right, your call is very important to us.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk a little bit about customer focus. There was this fascinating article you shared with me recently from Minal Balar of Remind, and she was also at Facebook. And I think you put it elegantly, uh, she was at Facebook when it cruised towards a billion users in 2009 to 2011. And the article you shared with me was a recent interview with her on firstround.com. I share for our listeners today what relevance this has. You know, I mean she took Facebook into those billion users and talked about customer focus as opposed to being product focus.
3: Well, fundamentally what she was talking about is not users, not customers, not any other kind of err. That you can think of when you talk about people people p e o p l e people who are going to use your product and how so individual or, co- or collective it doesn 't matter, but here 's what matters when you 're talking about growth and what you have the way that she put it was so eloquently is the path people need to take before they even got to Facebook's front door. And the example she gave was expanding in Africa. As they reviewed the sign-up records, all the stats that they used to do to get their insights going and plan their next move, they realized that many people in Africa did not have access to email addresses. And Remember, in the early days of Facebook, you had to have an email address. And that that was where everything hung off, your email address. So when they figured that out and figured that they had to make a way for people with only telephone numbers to join Facebook, that's when it became a huge leap forward for them. But that was by really observing the people.
0: Got it. So... It makes good sense. I I think the article also talks about a number of very interesting things that would speak to any company of almost any size about how you get started in understanding your prospective users. And she does look at them collectively. I mean, you can't take a billion users and do them one by one. That makes sense, right? right? So she said they fall into categories. And for her, it was three buckets. There were users who had never heard about your product. Okay? And second, you've got users who know about you, but they're not using you yet. And the third one is people who know about you and don't want to use you. Most work, growth work, right, focuses on the first two segments. Don't try to convince people who know about you and don't want to use your service to do so, right? That's the pulling the Band-Aid off. Now, with Facebook, we're talking about people engaging and talking to each other. Oh, I don't like Facebook. Right? I don't like is quite a different thing than I use FedEx and I'm not going to change to whoever you are because you know I trust FedEx to get my product where it's going. It's about logistics. So that's all fine. What I want to say here is that if you're spending your time on trying to convince people to use your service, even if it's B2B or B2C, right? Either one, you're going to be wasting a lot of effort. So focus on the first two. They don't know about you yet. You know what to do. Get that first awareness out there. The second one is they know about you. but They're not using you yet. On the second phase, it's about getting people to want to use you. They have to know more about you. They have to know you and they have to know more about you. It's really that simple.
3: So this brings me to another really fascinating article that I found. From a Cindy Alvarez, who's at Microsoft now, but she built up a user base at Yammer. And Mm -hmm. so she certainly knows what she's doing as far as building customer bases. And she talks about human behavior hacks. She is a behavioral economist. That
0: is a Mm -hmm. thing. Did you know that? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Being a behavioral economist is a brilliant thing for any marketer. Uh, oh, yeah. so, uh, that, that's really yeah. useful. What does she say about the well, billion here, here's
3: I'm, I'm going to give the spoiler alert. The way that people respond, the, the people in the first two buckets that you talked about, who don't know about you and who know about you but don't use you, it's not rational judgment. It's not the kind of thing that you would think. It's not practical. What they are called is supposedly irrelevant factors, which behavioral economists have shortened to SIFs, and those are
0: everything. So, so give us some examples of what Cindy talks about when she says, let's use one of those SIFs or several to identify how we can convince people who already know our brand to engage with us and work with us.
3: Well, here is a supposedly irrelevant factor. We actually did a whole show on it back in October of 2015, and you can download it at webmasterradio.fm forward slash CEO coach, and it is on cognitive bias. Cognitive Mm -hmm. bias is a huge category of different biases that I carry around in me, you carry around in you, and every listener out there has them. So even if they think they don't, they do. And they take a variety of permutations and shapes. One that she talks about is confirmation bias. And the confirmation bias she puts in the case of customer development when, uh, say, founder goes out to interview prospective customers, people that might use the product, more often than not, they will make a rigorous attempt to confirm what they believe already to be true, which is their confirmation bias. And meanwhile, the prospective customer is looking to satisfy their confirmation bias. So one really great tactic she suggests is you don't ask them what they like about this prospective product. You ask them what would make them not get this prospective product. And then, this can be painful, you know, it can be hard to hear that maybe your baby isn't as beautiful as you think it is, but it's very important to find a way around, in other words, kind of hack the uh, confirmation bias to get people Makes to know what you really need to know.
0: Right. Now, not only do you do that, but the emotional process of being asked to tell people what you don't like about a product that you are disinclined to want to use is really quite genius. You know, I talk about sometimes tending to an infant. If you're a parent and you're listening to this, or if you ever babysat for somebody when you were in junior high school, right, there would be a time when a child, an infant or toddler, was crying, but really crying hard. And if you pick up the child and he's like, oh, baby, this and that, you are on a completely different wavelength from that kid. That kid's going, (laughs) can't even catch its breath and, and, you know, screaming out loud and so on and so forth. If, however, you pick it up with, if you will, agitation and you move as rapidly as the child is kicking and so on and you engage with the child on that visceral physical level. Then you're on the same plane, and you have the ability to draw the child to your way of thinking, if you will. In this case, the customer to your way of thinking, right? You begin slowly to calm it down. You can put the child's head on your chest and let it listen to your heartbeat, which slowly calms down. If you think about it, you can actually control it. You're doing exactly the same thing with your customer right? I already use product A and you're showing me product B product A is the easy way to go. I don't want to pull the band-aid off and I've already got my money flowing that way. And I don't have time to change. And there's no way I like your product. It might be great, but I don't like it because of these other things. So then you say, okay, why wouldn't you use this product? They're not going to talk to you about the fact that it's tough to change. They're going to talk to you about what they'd like to improve on your product. And the more they look at what's inside your product, the more they begin to convince themselves. And that's the only way it's going to go, by the way. You can't convince them. Only they can convince themselves. The more they're going to convince themselves that this really is worth a second look. This is worth some consideration. So it's quite a brilliant, subliminal way to get through to your prospective customers.
3: And guess what? There are more. But we need to take a break because our customers... Our sponsors want to talk to our listeners. Got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right watch. back.
0: CEO Coach we will be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this.
1: at BruceClay.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com.
2: We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on CranberryRadio.net.
0: Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. And today we're talking about being customer focused, understanding the customer on visceral levels, understanding how to communicate with them, how to convince them that this is the right way to go as opposed to whatever they're doing, how to build large customer bases and how to engage them and keep them retained, right? Because acquisition of customers, not so interesting unless you can have some serious, solid retention. Let's talk about that, Anne. I keep wanting to go back to the term people. You know,
3: we talk about users. We talk about user experience and UX. We talk about the customer journey. Where are the people? And I think that when we start listening to the people, I mean, I learned so much from listening to people. I'm thinking of one of our portfolio companies where our members talk to each other a lot on a Facebook page they and engage and they have conversations and the conversation i've been seeing recently is over the use of a wheelchair bound and there are a variety of opinions coming out in that but they're all talking and i find this informs the decisions i make about how i talk to them so i think that we learn so much from listening to people because people yes.
0: are our customers mm-hmm. that is commerce But being a customer is only one very small aspect of their entire lives. Understanding your customer base as human beings, as Anne's saying, I think you're right on target, Anne. If you look at the entire human being and realize that even in clusters, personas, if you will, they have full lives outside what you're doing. It helps you to understand where they're coming from, how they speak, what's important to them, and to connect with them on levels beyond simply use my app, buy my service, you know, have this uh, doodad that I just built.
3: So one of the things we were quoting before, Maline Bilar from Facebook and Remind, now Remind, mm-hmm. that it was about... Retention of customers, you know, they're, they're keeping people coming back for more. She says that that is the real sign of product value. Well, right, you know, return customers to the restaurant means that you're they like your food. You know, it's very simple. It seems so so simple and if there is a disappointing experience they may be nearly impossible to get back so
0: yes she said specifically and then i quote the facebook growth team was incredibly disciplined about retention we were all trained to think about retention as a sign of real product value which is what you mentioned that and i continue to quote if you push people into an app experience that they're just going to churn out of you're going to lose more than you think, Bilar says. Right? Those people are nearly impossible to ever get back. That's a fascinating bit, right? It means that retention might be even more important than simply acquisition. Speedy acquisition of customers, scary stuff. You better figure out how you're going to keep them around before you even say hello.
3: Well, if Fat Swaller said it best you know, 80 years ago in a song, find out what they like and how they like it and give it to them just that way. So why is this concept difficult to understand?
0: Well, it is because the people who are building the app, the front-end designers, the back-end developers, they have their own lives and their own personas, if you will, right? This is only a small piece of their life. But they're looking at this app from their perspective, right? We all have paradigms. The users are going to have their paradigm, but users in general are not exactly like the developers of the back-end or the front-end. They are neither designers nor user experience experts, nor are they coders, right? So even those user experience experts whose job it is to figure out whether or not it's a good experience for the user, they're not really users. They're experts in a field, right? It's critically important to listen to the customers, and that's what you were talking about, Anne, listen
3: And there's one more element I wanted to throw in here is something I picked up on Fast Company not long ago about understanding what your business is. And this was set in the framework of how many companies these days are either engaging or, in fact, walking away from a Uber for X, you name it, model of just putting a technology layer for an on-demand service. And this article on Fast Company, and again, we'll put the link up on our Facebook page, was very insightful about some companies that had on-demand cleaning and laundry.
0: Yeah, and this is the article by Sarah Kessler, right?
3: I believe so, yes. yes.
0: And Michael Zabladovsky of, of Slate is what they were talking about, yes. right. Very interesting case study. So what did you learn from that one? What about Slate? What, well, what
3: I learned is that his laundry service and later his cleaning service wasn't just about arranging the service through an app. It was about actually delivering a quality service, which opened up a whole lot of other questions, not the least of which is if you, people who are delivering your service for you or contractors, you can't direct how they work. You, know, you have to be much more careful about that if you have them as contractors. So it kind of shakes up the on-demand economy a little bit and perhaps is kicking it into a what you might call a 2.0 or a 3.0. In other words, another way of thinking about it. But the point that Zabludowsky came back to with Slate was that what they really were was a cleaning service and they had to deliver – excellence in the service they delivered which is way yes. different from you know an uber driver picking me up at my house and take me to the airport
0: right interestingly enough in 2005 miguel of slate right was doing just that just shipping things back and forth he was the logistics guy he would pick up, literally, unsorted laundry because he was both the CEO and the courier, right? He picked it up and then he subcontracted it to eco-friendly dry cleaners. They'd clean it any way they saw fit and he would bring it back. So in the beginning, he was kind of an Uber, wasn't he? He just went back and forth. But two years later, he got deeper into it and he opened his own laundry facility. Now he was deep into the process. He was not only promising that you'd have good quality eco-friendly dry cleaning, he was doing it. Yeah. Right? And then, right, for several years, they cleaned, you know, dresses for high fashion rental services, rent the runway, all kinds of things like that. And two years after that, he added home cleaning to the business. So he decided that it wasn't just about cleaning clothing or fabric. Now it was about cleaning residences as well. It was about cleaning, not about delivery of something back and forth. And it certainly wasn't about an app. But 10 years after starting that laundry service, Right. In January of 2015, Zabludovsky finally repositioned Slate as a tech company. He was looking at it, if you will, as an on-demand company, but only after he understood the essence of the business itself. That's an interesting piece. So, Anne, why does that speak to our discussion today You know, around this understanding your customer?
3: Well, where it fit for me was that the customer's are the ones that you are serving. And if we spend our time thinking about our tech overlay, our demand delivery, it is then are we really serving the customers? Now, in some cases, like an Uber, it's fine. You know, it just works great. But if you think you're an Uber and in fact you're a slate, you're going to be in trouble because as Miguel said, you know, we're not, just techies we're cleaning 140 houses a day and so that's the difference is so I think that that becomes a factor in understanding how you're going to build your customer base and leads right back to some of the cognitive biases we've been talking about and how you get into that remember those two buckets from Manil Bilar about people who know about you but don't use you and people who've never heard of you and how you get to those people has a lot to do with understanding who you are and how you present yourself and what the benefit is to them.
0: Yes. So the interesting piece here I think is understanding whether or not you are simply a tech overlay on an existing business model and other people are responsible for the delivery of service and goods and so on, or whether you and, and you're just, you know, facilitating the connection, if you will. Or whether you're in the business itself and it's your place where the buck stops. So fascinating connections here and something to think about deeply about your own business. Where do you sit on that level? And how deeply will you get involved in your own business industry and in the vertical that you're addressing?
3: And with that, we need to take a break to let our sponsors address our listeners. This is CEO Coach. We'll be right back.
2: More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on cranberryradio.net.
0: Welcome back to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music with my partner, Ann Kennedy. We're talking today about the concept of understanding your customers deeply, right? Understanding people and their entire full lives as you decide whether or not you are customer focused. You better be is the bottom line. So as we talk about what can somebody do about this conversation, Anne, we, we should come up with a few tips here for our listeners. Absolutely. What, yeah, we what do you all- do? All this information about the various types of customers that are out there, the various types of people we must address, how we do it at varying stages, and the value to a company. What's your first and hottest tip?
3: My first and hottest tip, I seem to say this all the time, do your homework, do your research, (laughs) test your product constantly. These are all coming from Bilal at Remind. Be constantly prepared to iterate based on data, based on your information. I think that is absolutely key, that information comes from observing people using your product. So that would be my first tip.
0: All right. My second one, number two, I think, is about retention. It is as critically important, if not more so, and I'd say more so, to make sure that the people who learn about your company, your brand, and your product are retained as people who still remember your brand and your product, and those that are using your services are retained as customers, and those who are simply in your community, if you will, and perhaps using your information, they're not buyers yet or whatever, that they are retained. I'd say retention of your customer base or your community is more important than acquiring themselves. Because you can go out there and acquire people, but if you blow that first contact, oh my heavens, if somebody leaves your platform for whatever reason, whether it's a good, a service, or a platform that enables it, they're not coming back in droves. You know, the timeshare industry has this thing that says there are no bebacks; backs They don't be back, right? I'll be back, not happening, it's the same with every brand and every product and service. Once you've lost them, getting them back will cost you a fortune.
3: And furthermore, they tell their friends and their friends of their friends and their friends of their friends, or it goes out on Twitter. I mean, it could be a real brand buster.
0: Yes. Because people will complain 11 times more frequently than they will say something nice, you know, 11 downs to one up, or, you know, that kind of, it's terrible. Yeah, so, so think brings, about that carefully. Yeah, right,
3: that's me to hot tip number three, which is never be afraid to ask the questions that will give you answers you might not want to hear.
0: Mm-hmm. Why would you not use our product or service? Exactly. One, You're going to hear some tough stuff, but it'll help you improve because your customer base is telling you what they're going to buy and how much they're going to pay for it. All you have to do then is build it. So that's number one. But number two, it's also a brilliant way to get their attention. Instead of forcing yourself on people who don't like what you've got because they got something else already, offer the conversation that says, help me make this better, or why would you not do it? What do you love about the other stuff? That is the insight you need to make your product something they want to buy and the insight they need to, or if you will, the inroad they need to start paying attention to you.
3: The reason for that is that asking questions in that manner, which may seem difficult, help get around cognitive biases that every person has and it helps get past those into the real information which every company desperately needs
0: yep absolutely and that's it for today at ceo coach Uh, i'd like to thank our producers for their undying and continuing support you can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm itunes iHeartRadio, Radio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO Coach Podcast. We hope you'll stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week.
2: opinions expressed are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of staff or management any rebroadcast or retransmission without consent is prohibited
1: at parker
0: our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward